Next on BYU Sports Nation, what's trending for BYU football? No, really. Which trends will last and which ones are one-game fads? How many votes did BYU receive in the AP poll? And in what scenario could the Cougars show up in the top 25? Plus the best part of that win at Arizona from a nose tackles perspective. One-on-one with big man and NFL prospect Kyrus Tonga. He's losing weight. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, September 5th, wherever and however you are connected on the interwebs or otherwise. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is... Just 14 spots outside of the broadcaster's top 25, Jerem Jordan. Uh, ha, 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 yeah, right. Number 39. You already got some votes. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But I love when people are like, oh, this team's seven out, so they're number 32. I'm like, no, 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 it's not the top 32 poll. It's top 25. <laughs> You're not in. You're not in. We have settled on we will stick to this many spots out, right? We're good with that so that we can... Keep the top well, no, I want to mock the idea. Like, no, 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 not saying number 32, but just like, there are seven no. spots outside of the top 25. Like, you're, you're 17 good. out, so I want to call the whole week number 42 BYU. No, 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 here's the thing. They're 39 in the AP poll. Oh, are they? 39. Oh, well, well, well. Yeah. Climbing yeah. up. Even, yeah, let's even go. Let's I can't go. count, apparently. <laughs> what a show today. Greg Rebell joins us in 15 minutes as we look ahead to Cal. With a stat that matters. And maybe we'll go to the A Cool Thing About Canada thing there as well. Also, I go one-on-one with the man who is much closer in, or closer to his weight goal, I should say, Kairos Tonga in 30 minutes. Says he feels better than ever. Why is that? And now we present today's top stories across BYU Sports Nation. Three days away from the home opener for BYU, the the Cougars host Cal Saturday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern. Watch post-practice media availability tonight on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. BYU Hoops officially announces the addition of Utah native and Gonzaga transfer Jesse Wade to the roster. He'll set out the season due to transfer rules. It was a super quick process. Fred Warner is officially listed as the starting middle linebacker on the San Francisco 49ers depth chart. Attaboy, Rook. Nice. And Ronnie Jones-Perry is the AVCA National Player of the Week. After three wins at home, including number one Stanford, BYU plays number 10 USC, Syracuse, and number 25 Marquette in Milwaukee, Algonquin for the good land this weekend. Thank you, Alice. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. So you may have noticed over the last five years, we're big on trends. Yes, I know. It's a case study of one offseason, a training camp, and now one game. But BYU football seems to be trending in the right direction in several categories. First impressions go a long way, Jerem. Take, for example, show up for that first date. You really like the girl. Oh, and you impress her parents. I mean, it is an amazing. you the parents already? It is an amazing. Well, you pick her up for the first date. What is this, you Rex meet, You meet mom and dad when you oh, pick like the girl up for the 16? first date. Yeah, oh, come okay. on. I thought you meant at BYU. I was like, why are you meeting the parents already? Then it's followed by a near-perfect first date. After you recently got your heart crushed, so you were a little hesitant going into that next first date. Taking this a little serious. Uh-huh. Okay. 
You're hoping for more now, just like BYU football coaches, players, and fans are from the 2018 edition of the BYU football team. What trends from the BYU win at Arizona will last throughout the season? Is this a storybook end to the BYU football season, Jerem? Let's hope not. It was game one. Uh, I think the offensive line play will last. I don't know about against Wisconsin. We'll see with, with Washington. Um, but I think that BYU's offensive line is good enough to be a huge storyline in every game BYU plays. We talked about how even though BYU lost 106 starts, that the Cougars were really confident that this group of dudes and their backups could be a real, real big deal for BYU on offense. And then I think the number two thing is simple, effective play calling. What did BYU do Saturday that was complicated or tricky? I would argue hardly anything. They rushed the ball effectively. Perhaps there were complex schemes within that. Uh, but BYU ran jet sweeps. They ran crossing routes. Uh, and then uh, Matt Bushman was wide open, you know, crossing routes uh, to Dallin Holker and Levahifo. I thought it was just simple, effective play calling for BYU. And Jeff Grimes, I gave him an A, maybe an A-plus, in his first game as a play caller. Jeff Grimes was playing chess with Arizona. So not every move seems like, whoa, that was... Big time move to, it's just one move here, pawn here, okay, knight here, setting up the big play. And that's when you strike a la the 24-yard touchdown pass to Matt Bushman. The jet sweeps set that play up. BYU played chess, so I like that you went there. Uh, I think that we will consistently see physicality. And that plays into what you brought up with the offensive line, but I think that we saw a lot of physicality from the defensive line as well. And Shioni Takitaki at linebacker. I really liked how physical they were. That, I don't think that's going anywhere, especially now that it's been validated. Like, hey, we're physical, and you can play more physical than your opponent, so why not go back to that well? It's hard to quantify that, but you know it when you see it. Exactly. Like, like a Bach. Exactly. Like, I can't describe a Bach to you. Uh, when the the toe comes off the rubber in the mo- But when I see it, I go, hey, that's a Bach, right? Um, and I think BYU was the more physical team. Cal is very similar to Arizona in that it's more finesse. Cal, trust me, there's an element of uh, physicality there, but I don't think that Cal is trying to do what BYU is trying to do. I think Cal wants to spread you out and sling it. That is not BYU's offense. Well, uh, but defensively, I think uh, BYU has some physicality as well. We're going to talk to Kyrus Tonga, like you said, um, talk about physical and talk about an amazing game that he played. I think that stuff carries over. You, it's like in basketball. You can't always make threes like on the road, but what you can control is defense, that you're going to play defense and rebound and make free throws. And those are the kinds of things like physicality, O-line play, simple effective play calling in football that translate. Toughness, physicality, not going anywhere. Also a heavy dose of the run, going back to the chess moniker or the chess comparison. It's not always fun but you're setting things up for a big play in the pass game. A lot yeah. of runs setting up the pass. Yet BYU is still going down the field. It wasn't 2011 or whatever where we were like, yay, an 18-yard play-action pass to Austin Holt. It's like, that's no, oh, let's you, push it down You set them up let's and then go. you take your let's shot, go. baby. Okay, on the other side of the coin, what trends will not last throughout the season? Uh, 10 penalties for 94 yards. Not with Jeff Grimes and the increased... Emphasis on discipline and well, consistency. If you don't want to do up an up downs, down. yeah. if you don't want to do an up down, don't do something to merit it. Ten penalties for ninety four <laughs> yards will not last. And if you think about it, Arizona's touchdown drives were all aided by big penalties, if not multiple big penalties on a Corbin drive. Corbin Kafusi, unnecessary reference, out of bounds on Khalil Tate. Pass interference, twelve men on the field. Yeah. Like every one of Arizona's sure. touchdown drives were aided by. 
a big penalty. Some of them on third down, just that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't think that trend will last past one game. Now, a counter to that is some of the best teams in the country are some of the most penalized. So uh, because they're so aggressive and that yields fumbles and interceptions and tax for loss and sacks. So there is some kind of healthy balance there. I don't think it's terrible to have 10. It depends what the context is. Is it at their 20 on first and 10? That's different than on third and nine, third and nine at oh. the, you know, uh, at the minus 40, if you will. Um, it, it, that kind of matters, but I'm with you. Okay, a couple things that won't last. Forcing zero turnovers and winning on the road. BYU is going to have to force more turnovers, uh, or turnovers at all, right? Um, we're only two seasons removed from BYU being the number two team in the country with 31 takeaways. I think BYU needs to force more turnovers. And they almost did. Who was it? Sione Takitaki and Chris Wilcox ran into each friendly other. Friendly fire. Yeah, friendly fire there. Um, there were a few other moments where perhaps, oh, Kairos Tonga, one slipped through his hands. The big man dropping yes, back. He, yeah, and it was, it was coming in hot. Um, you don't expect the D lineman to catch that, but he was right there in a great spot, I guess. And then the other thing is injuries. BYU came out unscathed, knock on wood. Hopefully BYU stays healthy, but injuries will happen. No major ones or even minor ones really came out, apparently, from the game. So that's great. I hope that continues, but I do not believe that in the game of football that will last. So okay. injuries happen. I'm glad BYU came out unscathed. Here's a question for you. Do you care if BYU doesn't force any turnovers but doesn't give the ball away? Like if it remains an even turnover margin. Oh, even is excellent. If so you, if it's 0-0, zero, zero, that's pretty good. It's, it's not as big of a deal that you didn't force one if you're not giving it away. Right. No, it's great. Listen, it's great that BYU didn't turn any – any over, but Gregor Bell said that in uh, 27 games played for BYU, coached by Kalani Sitake, that was just the second time there'd been a 0-0 on both sides of that. No turnovers, no take, no giveaways, no takeaways. Pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty wild. So BYU's got to force some turnovers. They now, do. in regard to the injuries comment that you bring up, can we get a double knock on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's just, yeah, let's. In let's, Studio B? Yeah. All right. I, I hate to even bring it up, but it's a part of the game, like, Guys are going to get hurt. It just is what it is. BYU will attempt to go 2-0 and for the first time in three years when they host Cal. Staying unbeaten early, Jerem, is a good way to stay relevant and get on the road to a potential ranking. Which brings us to our question of the day. Please join us on Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter. So when, if at all, is BYU football most likely to be ranked this season? If BYU goes 2-0 and and beats Cal and then beats McNeese State and has probable losses and likely losses, right, to Washington and Wisconsin on the road, although let's just go play and see, and BYU's 3-2 and two after September, and then wins out in October with home games in a row against Utah State, Hawaii, and Northern Illinois. I believe that in that scenario, BYU could be ranked at 6-2. and two. If BYU then goes to Boise State, and wins on the blue against a likely ranked team, BYU 7-2. and two. They're in the top 20, man. And then BYU is beating UMass and New Mexico State and could be, this is my best realistic case scenario, could be at best 9-2 and two going into the Utah game in the top 20. I got to put on my blue goggles for this topic, though. Okay. BYU getting ranked? That would be awesome. Blue goggle alert. Yeah, roll them on, man. Six and two. I just brought up nine and two on this program. (laughs) What? Huh? Yeah, it all depends on if you beat Cal. You got to beat Cal first. You have to beat Cal to keep it rolling. And And you have to win the three in October. 
BYU will stay receiving votes in the AP poll if they beat Cal. Probably one, be like, one of those voters, by the way, Reese Davis. Oh, who said that BYU yeah. had no chance against Arizona and Khalil Tate? But he, he, he personally did not say that. That was one of the analysts. I thought no, no, it? he said it. Oh, it was him. Oh, okay, he said so. The juxtaposition of they got no shot, and then well, seeing what the they call, did. Then. Yeah, he did absolutely. He voted him in at number twenty-five. Here's a fun little side note as. I present the same case that you will, which is BYU is most likely to be ranked at 6-2. and two. I think that they absolutely will be in the top 25 if they are 6-2, and two, particularly if Hawaii continues to win, Jerem, because Hawaii received, Hawaii received three votes just like BYU. <laughs> they are Well, that undervalues all the votes for BYU now. They are 14 spots out, T39, along with BYU. Uh, Listen to I, this. I thought getting three votes was cool. Now I don't. Listen to this gauntlet that Hawaii faces three over the next nothing. five weeks before they take on BYU. Rice in Hawaii. Hawaii Bad team. at Army. Yeah. Duquesne Decent. at Hawaii. Hawaii at San Jose State. Wyoming at Hawaii. Hawaii will lose to Wyoming. You think? Yes. In Hawaii? Yes. Wyoming led the nation in takeaways last year, and they returned 10 You think Hawaii is going to lose to Wyoming on the island? Yes. I don't. Yes. I think that Hawaii will be 7-0. and oh. Is Hawaii Sports Nation? What no, is no, no. 7-0 oh coming to Provo. Oh, they ain't 7-0. 7-0. Oh. You'll oh. shave your head if they're not 7-0. No, I won't. Oh. <laughs> at worst, Hawaii is 6-1 coming to Provo, and all of a sudden that game has like Added meaning because they've got an offense. They've got an offense. They can score points. They just put up 50-plus on Navy. Yeah. I'll take you to Tucano's on me if Hawaii's 7-0. You will? Against BYU. Yes. (laughs) If they have a loss. Let the record show. If they have a loss, will you take me? If they have a loss? Yeah. I don't know how good. I don't know how good. Like, their toughest tests are going to be Army and Wyoming. But I think they've got a shot to be 7-0. If they have two losses, will you take me? Yes. Okay. If Hawaii has two losses, if they have one I will loss, take you to nothing. Chicanos. If it's zero or two, okay. And grilled Good. pineapple is going to taste amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm kind of hungry. So. <laughs> Hawaii's going to have a loss, man. They're not. No. No. I'm just saying it will be fun. It would fun be fun if, if they had two losses. If that five team and two that'd is be great. six and one, come at least six and one coming to Provo to face BYU, and they are not going to be ranked because they haven't played anybody. Well, they got three votes. They, got as ma- they have as many Navy, votes. Navy's decent. Army's decent, right? Yeah. Hawaii has yeah. as many votes as BYU. That's, now that's just <laughs> annoying, right? Like, I thought there was some, but it's only three votes. Hey, let me bring and up it was something. Three 25. Let me bring up something to only make this topic better and something that, quite frankly, we think has been missing from the show. It is time for the stat of the day. Back. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. I'm so happy right now. Jerem, the last time BYU was ranked in the top 25 mm-hmm. going into the late part of the season, yes. and we have called the late part of the season, we have defined that as going into November, which would be if BYU is ranked going to play Boise State in the first week yeah, of if November. If BYU goes 6-2 and two and could be ranked, we're getting way Ranked in the late part of the season. Last time that happened, November of 2009. Yeah, it's, it's, BYU's been good at peaking early. The last, like, 2014, 4-0! Taste Mill gets hurt. 2015, oh, Hail Marys! You're out after week three. And when I first heard that, when It'd you first nice presented to it, it to later. me, I was like, yeah. man, 2009. My initial thought was, it's not that long ago. No, it was a long time like, ago. That was nine years. That was almost a decade ago. Yeah. I graduated in 09. It's been a while. It's been I'm a not long a student. time. You, wait. The internship is over? Inter- well, Sweet. It's, it's still going. Sweet. Still Our good. question of the day. You answer it now. When, if at all, is BYU football most likely to be ranked this season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation, 
on BYU Sports Nation. Ah, the big man, Jerem. Chris Hoke at HokeyBro76 weighs in on Twitter. He says, let's just win this week. (laughs) Chris, we have a talk show. Uh, We have five hours to fill. Uh, So, yeah, we're talking about this. We are way ahead of ourselves, for sure. No, but you did say, and we agree, for this to even stay relevant and have any weight, you got to beat Cal. If BYU beats Cal... Now they have something really good going, and then you just try and keep You have going, to okay? beat Cal. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, Spencer goes one-on-one with Kairos Tonga. If this is basketball, I like Kairos in the post. One of the topics, bad hair days. Oh, yeah. His mom is not happy about that. Oh. Next, the voice of the BYU Cougars joins us, Greg Rebell. And after the game, Squally had, you know, a cool thing about Canada, right? So this is a new take on a cool thing about Canada. See what you did there. This is BYU Sports Nation. Take off, eh? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, get better acquainted with Cougars past and present as Greg Rubel hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. Tonight's guests are basketball assistant coach Lee Kamard and very good former BYU receiver Mitch Matthews. <laughs> 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Why did I not wear my Mitch Matthews as Elite t-shirt today? Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play continues. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you missed the show, download the podcast or watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, however you prefer. Our question of the day, when, if at all, is BYU football most likely to be ranked this season? Kyle Webb chimes in on Facebook. If, and then in parentheses, that's a huge if, they beat Wisconsin or Washington, ending the month of September four and one. BYU will probably sneak in. Oh, I don't if, think they'll sneak no, in. No, they, they would. They're in at four and one. Four and one, and has a win Holy over one cow. of those teams. They are in, no doubt, no doubt. They might be in the top twenty at four and one, right? Yes. Join yes. in using hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now in Studio B is the voice of the Cougars, fresh off calling BYU's season opening upset win at Arizona. Greg Rebel. Greg, welcome. Good morning, my good friends. Hello. It is great to be with you, as always. We've been talking about trends, so we'll start the conversation there. What trends from BYU's win at Arizona do you think will last throughout the course of this season? Well, I was asked a lot before the first game, what should you expect? What do we expect from a Jeff Grimes-led offense? And I said, I don't know that I can give you specific stats to look for immediately, but I said, here's an overall general word that I would expect, and it's cohesion. And cohesion will express itself uh, when we see it. And I think what we saw on Saturday is cohesion. And there were a number of things that I think will hopefully be trends that continue uh, for the season. And uh, I'm just going to tick off a few of them. I mean, we, we could call these stats that might matter, if you will, okay. in terms of what we saw in terms of cohesiveness or cohesion in that first game. One three and out in 11 drives. Wow. Now, let's start by saying first games with new OCs are kind of crapshoots. Yes. Okay? And, and as we saw recently, BYU's most recent OC debuts have been, eh, it's been a struggle for points. Averaging 16. Right. And, and you can go across the country. First games with new OCs, no matter who they are, with new groups can be, eh. I mean, you can even look at Arizona. They had a Heisman Trophy candidate, a lot of offensive skill players back, and they might say their offense was just, eh. Yeah. Now, that's a lot to do with BYU. BYU forced them into an eh kind of night. But that said, first games with new OCs, you never know what you're going to get. BYU got cohesion from Jeff Grimes in game one, and that's tough to do. So one three and out 
in 11 drives. That's 9.9%, right? Well, the average is 20%. You're going to get about a, a two, three and outs for every 10 drives. They had one for 11, okay? So that's good. Zero turnovers, always great. Zero sacks allowed. Hmm. And that's with three offensive linemen taking their first snaps at BYU. A 2.8% negative play rate. The national average is 10%. Wow. Okay. Uh, three touchdowns in three red zone drives. Maybe we should start there. Because, because last year, last year when BYU got inside the 20, they were 126th of 130 teams in touchdown percentage inside the red zone, where they were three for three on Saturday night. So all those things in game one with the new OC – that's cohesion. That's togetherness. And those are trends I think and hope can continue for the season. I thought it was a great, great start. And, and you really have to start up front. Remember who Kalani gave the game ball to, right, at the end of the game? Coach, Coach Pugh, Coach Grimes. Okay? That's the O-line. That's the grinders up front. And it all started there. And I, I thought confidence flowed from the offensive line. And the zero sacks allowed number is just one evidence of it. But there was energy. There was togetherness. There was five guys playing start to finish. Coach Grimes said he, wasn't, he didn't need to rotate guys. He played five offensive linemen, start to finish, and they were excellent. So there were so many things I thought that are trends that become stats that matter that I hope are things that last throughout the season. Absolutely, and we'll see this Saturday against Cal. Now on the flip side, this isn't necessarily negative, but what are some things that you don't think will last? Well, and I hope they won't. And there's not a strong win-loss correlation between penalties uh, and, and, and wins. Uh, it's, one of, it's one of the lesser correlations, actually, in college football. There are some really good offensive football teams in particular that pick up a lot of penalties. BYU had 10 for 94 yards, I think it was, Saturday in Tucson. And it's not so much the number of penalties or even the yards, but when they come. And right. Coach Grimes did ID this. He said there were some drive-killing penalties. He said uh, three false starts inexcusable, in his words. One illegal formation, inexcusable, in his words. Uh, he said there was one holding. He said sometimes you get a holding uh, due to effort and just guys trying to make a play. But the other four he really ID'd as things that uh, you know, could be drive killers for him. And he said because of those penalties, they said there were about 100 yards and maybe two more scores left on the table oh. on Saturday night. So, again, uh, penalties sometimes you can live with. And, again, not a strong win-loss correlation. I want to bring that down a bit, especially when they come and how they come. Because I thought BYU was really rolling when a couple of penalties, again, just kind of took them off schedule a little bit. So maybe that's a trend that doesn't continue. Uh, but for the first night, uh, all things considered, uh, not much more you could ask for from a new OC with a new group. And one of the things I think about too, guys, yes, Dylan Colley's new. He had a catch. Uh, Holker's new. He had a catch. But for the most part, the guys with the touches and Lopini Katoa's new. But for the most part, guys with touches and catches and runs were last year's players. But with a new demeanor, mm-hmm. a new confidence, a new mindset, and under a new game plan, how much better did things look in game one? Coaching great. matters. Yeah, it's just really The does. eight months of hard work was validated in a game format. And, 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 not, and, 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 and while coaching does matter, absolutely, credit the guys, too, uh, for, for you know, lending credence to that coaching and, and improving themselves and, and picking themselves up. And, and making it all uh, just look so much better in game one than really I think we saw at any point last season. Was there anything that surprised you, like legit, while you're calling the game, just thought, wow, I was not expecting that from BYU? Well, uh, maybe, maybe surprise. I'm not sure if I can go to surprise because I, I thought there was the potential to do a good job on Khalil Tate. But I, I watched just enough film of his games last year to realize how bad he made certain guys look defensively. And BYU looked so good against him. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it wasn't that they didn't want Khalil Tate to run. There wasn't a lot of room for Khalil Tate to run. And even J.J. Taylor, that's a good running back right mm-hmm. there. And, and, and there, wasn't, there weren't a lot of wide-open spaces for those guys. And, and so uh, uh, and 
again, I don't know if surprise is the right word for me, but impressed by how much they held down some very good players uh, in, in, in Tate and Taylor. And again, no one did to those guys, especially to Tate would be last season what BYU did on Saturday night. And, and so credit to BYU's defense for having the right plan. And, and as I think it was Coach Land who told me the other day, you know, Corbin Kafusi, he's a rush the quarterback. He, he's a guy that wants to do certain things. And he said in a way he kind of sacrificed what he's maybe best at to be what he had to be good at on Saturday night. And that's just keep an eye on that dude and don't let him get loose. Yet ironically, he, he had the, the only sack of the game. Right, and he did, yeah. Yep. He and Lorenzo Fawatea got in, and, and I think Cor- Corbin got solo credit for the sack, but Lorenzo was certainly in there. But, uh, uh, you know, Corbin doing what he had to do on that night was, was very impressive. And, again, I think it was execution of a game plan that uh, really impressed me. Okay, in comes Cal for the home opener. It's going to be buzzing. It's going to be juiced and packed at Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday night. What do you think that BYU does better than Cal at this point? It's early, but what do you think? Well, having watched the Cal-North Carolina game, uh, Cal doesn't have what BYU has right now, and that is definition at quarterback and what they want to do with their game plan. They used three guys, and all three of them were just okay in what they were asked to do. Uh, Cal was averaging fewer than four yards per play on 81 plays. They ran a lot of plays, but for not a lot of production. And so I think Cal's still trying to figure things out offensively, and BYU's not really in figure-it-out mode. I think they know who they want to be. I think there's more to be seen from BYU, more from personnel, more from play call, and there's certainly definition at quarterback, and that's where Cal doesn't have it yet. Uh, Coach Wilcox not naming a starter. He said he may not until game time, and and none of the three, again, really blew the doors off on, on Saturday against North Carolina. Yes, Laird's a good back, but... I, I, I think Squally Canada was his equal and then some on, uh, on Saturday. Laird actually is one of the few players that had more carries than Squally Canada this past week. I think Laird carried it 29 times. So they have their go-to guy. BYU's got its go-to guy. What Cal, how Cal won the game is on, on defense. I mean, plus four in the turnover margin was the game for them. and really was turnover margin and time of possession for Cal against Carolina. Carolina came back late, much as Arizona did against BYU. But it was really a game that Cal kind of had in control early and kind of carried it to the end. But plus four was kind of everything for them, including a pick six. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with us on BYU Sports Nation, previewing now BYU against California as the Cougars open the season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. All right, Greg, uh, let's uh, throw it out there because we've been missing it. What's a cool thing about Canada today? Now, a, a cool thing about Canada may or may not have had its run last year, and, and we may be moving on. I'm just, I'm just, I'd say it may be that we're moving on. Did we run out of cool things? They're, yeah, I think they <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, yes. <laughs> I was really, really stretching by the end of the year. Uh, so, But we are going to have a cool thing about Squally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So Squally had... 98 yards on 24 carries on Saturday night on t- in Tucson. And the cool thing about Squally Canada is he had zero lost yardage. Zero carries for negative yards. Which got me thinking, uh, how good of a north-south, north of the border, is Squally Canada? <laughs> and it turns out very good. Last year, he had 710 gained yards and only six lost yards. So he is a guy that, as they say, quote-unquote, is falling forward. So, uh, yeah, Squally gets you yards and rarely loses you yards. And so, uh, in all of last season and this season, uh, more than 800 yards gained and now only six total yards lost and zero lost yards Saturday 
in Tucson. That's a cool thing about Squally Canada. And by the way, how good a guest was Squally last night? Oh, he was awesome. On BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. He's wonderful. He didn't acknowledge the national anthem when we played it coming you in. You know, but it's got to come from here, you know. And, <laughs> and, you know he's a Bay Area guy. It's all good. Yeah. But come uh, from the heart. What, what a cool yeah. story. And, and one of the neatest things, if you've not been in the studio audience for the Satake show, you've got to come in to Studio C. You've got to get in the audience because one of the coolest things about uh, the show is that there's a show after the show. Yes, there is. When the show's done and we say, good night, everybody, Kalani doesn't get up out of his chair and book. He sits in his chair and says, what do you got? And we spend, I don't know, a half hour. And the real good questions with the, and yeah. answers happen yeah. there, Yeah, right? so, so we spend like yeah. a half hour with yeah. the crowd, and he takes Q&A, and it's just it's real talk with Kalani Satake. And he had a lot of great things to say about Squally, kind of Squally's story, yeah. uh, what kind of guy he is, what kind of guy he's becoming for BYU. And even Squally on the air told us about what BYU's done for him uh, from where he's been a to where he got recruited. Yeah, for, yeah. You know. I, so anyway, I, I would say go back on the BYU TV app or BYUtv.org, watch it online, listen to it on, on the radio app, and hear a bit from Squally. And, and then know that when you come to the show, you get really great insights from coaches and players that you can't get anywhere else. The show after the show. Yeah, the show after yeah. the show, which right. we should just broadcast on Facebook Live or something. Like, <laughs> it would get numbers. Yeah. It would get numbers. Exactly. Fantastic stuff. Thanks for joining us, man. Always a Thanks, pleasure. Rick. You bet. Coming up, men's soccer coach uh, Brandon Gilliam will join us. They look to defend a national championship from last year. Well, it's hard to one-up that, right? Well, win by more goals, I guess. Okay. And next, I go one-on-one with the big man, Kairos Tonga. You will lose this matchup. <laughs> Why is his mom giving him a hard time about his hair? Just leave the hair out of it. This is BYU Sports Nation. I like his lettuce, dude. BYU Sports Nation rolling on. And we now present today's BYUSN headlines. If you missed it earlier, and you haven't been paying attention at all, We're three days away from the home opener for BYU football as the Cougars get set to host the Cal Golden Bears Saturday night. They're going for Gauntlet Stone 2. Yes, the whatever stone. (laughs) I don't know what all the stones are. Time. Kalani and BYU have already secured one. (laughs) Yeah, we uh, photoshopped something. Game week preparation continues, obviously, and Kalani Satake told us what we can expect from that Golden Bear defense. Defensively, they have a lot of long athletic bodies that can run. You can see there um, they have really big linebackers and defensive line, just tall guys with uh, big frames. And so, and they do a lot of different things up front. Watch post-practice media availability tonight on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page beginning at roughly 7.30 p.m. Eastern. BYU Hoops officially announces the addition of Utah native and Gonzaga transfer Jesse Wade to the roster. Welcome, Jesse. He'll sit out this season due to transfer rules. Wade was Utah's number one recruit in 2015 by ESPN.com. He served his mission in the same mission in Lyon, France as TJ Haas. So how many four stars does that give BYU basketball now on the current roster? Six or so, which is a big number. BYU just lost one to Oregon State, Payne Destry. So you lose one, you gain one. I guess so. I'll have to look at that number again. I'm not exactly sure. Fred Warner has been listed as the starting middle linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. Nice. And their depth chart. Congratulations to Fred. And Ronnie Jones-Perry is the AVCA National Player of the Week after three wins at home, including against number one Stanford on Friday night. BYU plays number 10 USC, Syracuse, and number 25 Marquette in Milwaukee this weekend. We talked to... Uh, a first-class guy yesterday. He's one of those first-class guys, Austin right? Hoyt. And for the second day in a row. Oh, I was thinking our next guest. 
for the second day in a row, we're talking to another first-class guy. Why don't we just keep that going? You betcha. There are six guys on the team who fly in first class. Nobody else. There are only six first-class seats on their plane? Can we get more seats? It is merit-based. Uh, actually, it's just based well, it's on just, sheer size. Eh, the merit of your <laughs> size. Yeah. N- not surprisingly, when these first-class guys walk into a room, they have a dominating presence. And Kairos Tonga is that and more. I went one-on-one with him yesterday in the BYU student-athlete building to recap Arizona and look ahead to Cal and get some insight into his hair and that, that weight loss program. One-on-one with Kairos Tonga. Kairos, now that you're three days removed fully from beating Arizona, what kind of thoughts are playing through your head as you get ready for another Saturday showdown, this time with a Pac-12 full in California? Yeah, we're, uh, I'm super excited. Personally, I know our whole team is. Um, we're, we, uh, it was a great win on, on Saturday, but we can't dwell on it too much. Just move on and continue to, to, to do what we do. What did you learn about your team after film review about that game uh, with Arizona? I think the, the thing that, um, that I loved about Saturday was just the confidence that, um, that both sides went into that game in, in, in Arizona. Um, offense was confident in moving the ball, and defense was we, – we told each other, hey, we'll just go three and out, three and out the whole time. And if, if it didn't happen, then the next series we're going to go three and out. So a lot of confidence on the ball, and everybody was having fun, so that was good. What's the identity of the defensive line this year? I think just just being able to be unstoppable with the run, uh, just plugging up everything and like making sure that if they're wanting to run the ball, they have to bounce it to the outside. And we're comfortable without having Corbin Kafusi or Trajan Bailey or even our linebackers uh, just flow out there. So just being stout up front and, and being strong and staying big. What have you seen from Cal? Uh, on offense that uh, that they're going to try and do against you guys defensively? They're, they're big boys. They they love to run the ball. They have a good running back, and they have a good offensive line. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to the, the run defense a lot. So we're, we're excited um, just, to, just to play big and um, to go against uh, to Kyle, a, good, a good, uh, good team. What was your favorite moment or maybe play from Saturday night? Oh... Uh, offense scoring every single time that was that was fun for me every time I seen that so having seen the offense go out and and execute and us going back that was that whole thing was just super fun so I know it seems simple but when everybody's having fun it it changes the dynamic of a sideline and of a team um what was it like to watch eight months of hard work pay off in at least a week one win yeah it was it was very uh, we're very humbled um, from from last season. So being able to to work hard and um, to grind out and to to put it all out on the field uh, was something special for for each of us. Um, we're definitely um, like just just like what I said. We're not going to dwell on Saturday. We're grateful for that that win. Just continue to go out and, and focus on the next opponent. So. I'm sure the coaches have put the uh, beware of the letdown memo out there, an emotional high, you're coming home. Um, how, do you, how do you avoid a letdown after a big-time upset win like that? I'll just continue to, to, to practice and to work on the things that, um, that we need to work on. Like Saturday was a good game, um, but there's still a lot of things that, um, that we need to work on defensively and offensively. Uh, so we're just back here, back to the grind, back to work, and 
um, go out and execute on Saturday. How are you feeling health-wise? I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I feel good. I feel good. So, coach, uh, coach has been been helping me and helping me drop weight. So, I've been I've been good. I've been feeling good. <laughs> I know you said you you wanted to drop I, I don't know 20 pounds. Yeah. How how close are you getting to that mark? Uh, I'm uh, eight pounds away from my from my weight. So. Okay. Con- congratulations, Kyrus. <laughs> um, okay, let's. Uh, I've had two people say specifically, you need to ask Kyrus about his hairstyle. Okay, so what? When? When did this begin? And and um, what's? Uh, I guess the backing behind it. Uh, First of all, sh- show everyone what's going on here. It's, it's like a little uh, mullet kind of. <laughs> some of I don't know. It's just the hair on top got too long and. My mom didn't like it. Now she really hates this. So I don't know. I cut it. I cut it so that my mom wouldn't be mad, and now she wants me to cut it again. So okay. I don't know. So I don't know what I'm doing with my hair. It's just I'm going with the flow. So whatever happens, happens. <laughs> what color would you say that back part is? It was supposed to be blonde, but <laughs> it looks dark brown. So I don't know. I'm just. I'm just gonna go with it. So hey, just whatever. Turn your head, go. You go play football, man. Um, what's the biggest difference that you've noticed um, in in your approach in your game and what you do on the field from last year compared to at this point of this season? Um, I think just being more sound um, with the football, uh, being uh, more handsy as a D lineman. I know last year I just. I just ran upfield, hoping to disrupt. And this year, um, uh, I've been working a lot on, on my hands and being able to read and to um, to react. So a lot of reaction, a lot of a lot of hands-on things for for me. So, all right, we'll end with this. Um, has your favorite food changed at all, Kairos? If so, uh, what is it now? It will never change. <laughs> horses, horses, my my favorite thing to eat. So. That's- Okay. That's that's a for life thing. Okay. So right now it's for life. <laughs> all right, all right. Kyrus, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. His name is Kyrus Tonga. He's a defensive tackle. No, no, sorry, a no, nose right. guard or a nose tackle. Yeah. And he's a guy that it, I, if Kalani Satake is not here, is not at BYU. No. He's up at Utah. He, he followed Kalani. He followed Kalani in the last two Yaki. So that, that's awesome. And he's eight pounds and, away from his target weight. That's great. And I've never had the privilege of trying horse. Uh, <laughs> I was doing his favorite food. <laughs> I don't know that I ever will. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps we'll go eat horse with Kyrus one It's day. never going to change. Yeah. Our friends at PETA are very excited about this. Uh, coming up, <laughs> three former BYU Cougars will don the red, white, and blue and rep the USA in the upcoming World Championships. Find out who in the whip. And next, BYU men's soccer looking to defend the national championship. Oh, Head coach Brandon are. Gilliam has the plan on how to do that. He's back in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The only way to watch the Cougars warm up before a game is countdown to kickoff. Join us Saturday as the Cougars prepare for Cal live on BYU TV and the app at 9 Eastern time. I know it says 10.15. It is at 9 Eastern time coming up on Saturday night. Once again, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, and we do so by rolling out, once again, our question of the day, which is, when, if at all, is BYU football 
most likely to be ranked this season. Join in 24-7 on social media using the hashtag BYUS and more of your responses coming up. Our second guest of the day, Brandon Gilliam, BYU men's soccer coach, ready for another national championship run. And uh, right in the middle of tryouts, apparently. How are you holding up? What's up, Brandon? Doing well. We're off, we're off and running. Second day of tryouts today. Second day of school. Second day second of tryouts. Second day of tryouts. Second day of school. We're all just getting going. So do the guys from last year's team have to make the team again? Do they have to try out with everybody? Or are you like, I have X spots for the rest of you? So we, the, the players who are coming back don't have to come to the first day of tryouts to get a bye. Mm. Um, but other than our return missionaries, so if you made the team before you left, when you get home, we give you some time to get back in shape. Um, but everybody else has to still prove themselves. So there is a chance that players who played last year could get cut. But uh, they're all quality players, so it's going to be hard for anybody to beat them out. So. And there's no scholarships. These guys pay for them their own way and everything. Right. So yeah. they're all hungry to be there if they show up, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're excited. This is our first summer off in 15 years, and so the guys haven't ever gone a summer without playing, and so they're all just itching to get back and playing really bad. The head coach of BYU men's soccer, Brandon Gilliam, with us. Let's look ahead to the season. When yeah. when do the real games start and, and the fun? When, when does it really get fun? So this Saturday we'll play a blue-white game. We'll use that as our last tryout. So we'll be down to about 30 players. We'll play a blue-white game, and then we'll cut that down to 24 um, and so that'll be our first game at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Um, but then we kick off our season following week on Friday at home against the U as our first. Oh, yes. very nice. So, yeah. Very nice. So September 14th, Southfield, BYU Southfield, and Utah. 7 o'clock, and then we play Weber the next night. The next night. Yeah. You go back-to-back. Back. Okay, I like that. Um, extramurals are being run just a little bit differently than perhaps a couple years ago. So what is this the number one way you find players, the tryout? Um. I mean, we run summer camps, and we've been doing that forever, and they sell out, and they're massive, um, and 60% of the kids that come to those are out-of-state kids. Oh, wow. And so that's, I mean, we don't recruit, but that's where we find talent who want to be here. Um, and then once kids get into school and get accepted, then we can have that conversation of where they're at, and they come out to tryouts, and some of them are a little bit higher on our list than others. And these players are good enough to win the club national title, which is pretty impressive. Absolutely. You guys did it last year in yep. year one back in the club. Right. So the, the talent that comes here because they want to be around the BYU atmosphere, right? I mean, uh, a lot of kids who are at tryouts right now could probably be on a scholarship playing D2, um, but they're here because they want to be and they want the education and the atmosphere. And so we don't have any trouble. I mean, we today was a harder day cutting it down because there was quality players who, if we weren't so deep in certain positions, could be still with us. Mm. So It's fun. When you look at the preseason and comparing your club this year to what you're going to see and the best club teams across the country, where, where does BYU stack up right now? Are you the clear number one? Are you, what do you think, top five? Where would you put BYU? Um, I mean, I would never say that we're clear just because I don't know everything that's out there, right? And I think in, in this world that we're in, teams don't look the same from year to year. And so you don't know exactly what you're going to get. I mean, we played the final against Cal Poly last year. Cal Poly was a fantastic team. It's the best game I've ever seen us play. So the scoreline for them didn't show it. I mean, we won it 4-1, but I've never seen our players play better than that game. Mm. Um, But Cal Poly was a really good team. Now, they could have better players come in this year, or they could lose some key players, right? And so we don't know where they'll sit from year to year. Um, But there's going to be some talent, and there's going to be definitely a lot of teams who want to showcase themselves so every team that we play against are going to play like it's their national championship because we won it last year so if you won by three is the goal to win by four this year 
So yeah. <laughs> um, so we went 18. We won 18 straight after a first tie, right? And so let's see if we can get rid of that tie. Okay. So you, so you were unbeaten. Okay. You you want to win all of them? Yeah. That's the weird nuance of soccer. It's like, oh, they're unbeaten. It's like, well, it doesn't happen too often. Yeah. Right? That's pretty gnarly. That's quite the so, standard. I mean, well, we won 18 to... in a row, but we'd really like to never tie anybody. So yeah, tying You have to awful. keep pushing it each year, right? You can't get complacent. Just because we won it last year doesn't mean we're going to be able to walk through it. So we have to push it every game and make sure we're performing every game. Obviously, it'd be awesome if the men's soccer team was an NCAA-sanctioned team. That's not the case at the moment. Um, and then the PDL, the Premier Development League, was like, it was pretty hard. There were a couple years hard. where it was really good when you yeah. played, right? And your brother, Morgan. Um is there no middle ground right that's now? Possible, there's not right. There's there's just nowhere for us to be right. I mean, if we're not a sanctioned program, then where do we sit? This is the only league that has other college programs in it. Um, the PDL had no college programs, and so that's the reason we left was because it wasn't a college atmosphere. Right, we're playing teams like Fresno Fuego, who nobody's ever heard of, and we're playing in the middle of summer when and you have this twenty thousand students are gone. Thirty six year old amazing Mexican midfielder that shows up, you know, and you're like, right. this is just. And he's played professional situation. his whole life. Right. Now this is yeah. the end of his career rather yeah. than the beginning for all of our players. Like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. 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 So, so there's just no spot right now. I mean, there's who knows what the future holds as far as, like, U.S. soccer. U.S. soccer, we struggled. We didn't make the World Cup. So there is kind of a, a notion that maybe there's some reshuffling in the world. And maybe U.S. soccer eventually steps in and has a say in college and high school, which they don't right now. Right. right? So, and, and, it, and it's a much bigger conversation that we perhaps don't have time for right now. Massive. The, fa- the <laughs> fact that NCAA men's soccer is a thing hurts U.S. soccer. Like, it can, it, right. It can, because, right? In, in a way. Like, yeah. Obviously, you want to take these kids and play, but... If they're really good, they should be going in uh, academies, right? right that's the Overseas, rest of the world, right? At here. 16, yeah. if you're going to go professional at 16, you have a contract. Whether it's with the first team, second team, it doesn't matter. But you have a contract. You don't go to school. Yeah, you don't go. You don't play for Harriman High. No. Nope. You go to the academy or right. whatever, right? Yeah. Brandon, great stuff. And again, I know we love hypotheticals. If <laughs> if BYU were an NCAA sanctioned team, then I'm I'm going to go ahead and just make you the West Coast Conference preseason favorite. Is that cool? That's great. There's some good teams in the league too. There are awesome teams. Yeah, no, it'd be a, a fantastic league. league. It's a good league. Yeah. All right. Some uh, some fodder for You're another trying to day. ruffle yeah. some feathers some over in a certain for, building for another day. <laughs> Brandon, great stuff. Good luck. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, BYU in Utah next Saturday, the 14th, September 14th, Let's and we'll it. have uh, or Friday next Friday. Friday. Sorry. Tomorrow, we do a one-day season pass sale. Mm. And so it's $10 tomorrow only. So for one day, all our season passes, you can get them for $10. So just check our, our website for that. Okay. The, the Utah game alone is worth the 10 bucks. There you go. Yes, it is. Okay, coming up, which NFL rookie will be starting on week one of the NFL season? Find out next in the week. Plus, BYU is truly elite. At least at one thing, Jerem. <laughs> 21 years in a row on top. I think I know what it is. What's it all about? This is BYU Sports Nation. Fireside National Champs. Shout out to today's guests, Kyrus Tonga and Brandon Gilliam. If you missed any of the show, and Greg Rebell. That's right. Yeah, you're going to. I'm here for you, man. That's right, man. Here for you. Download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. You know who we didn't have time for? Dennis Pitta. We had time for three guys, but not Dennis. Let's whip it. (laughs) It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. We are three days away from the home opener for the BYU as the Cougars host Cal Saturday night. Watch post-practice media availability tonight on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page at 7.30 Eastern time. BYU received three votes in the 
Week one AP top 25 oh. poll. One from ESPN's college game day host, Reese Davis, after he said BYU had no chance against Khalil Tate in Arizona. Well, we accept your apology, Reese. <laughs> the Cougars, 14 spots out, so tied for 39th with the likes of Hawaii. Men's basketball. Yeah, I couldn't do a... I couldn't, wait, 42 plus 17 is 39? Yeah. No, 42, right? No, no, they're 39. I'm telling you, I can't. Oh, they're, they're 39. They're, 14. they're not 17 they're spots. Not 17, they're 14, they're 14 okay, that, okay, spots Okay, I keep out. thinking something. <laughs> the Cougars officially announced the Math is hard. I didn't take a math class to be a fun fact, obviously. Announces the addition of Utah native and Gonzaga transfer Jesse Wade to the roster. He'll have to sit out this season. He was the number one recruit in the state of Utah in 2015. Mm. Cougars in the NFL. Federico Fred Warner, the starting middle linebacker, according to the San Francisco 49ers depth chart. Congrats, Fred. So much depth. Volleyball. Ronnie Jones-Perry is the ABCA National Player of the Week after three wins at home, including number one Stanford. The Cougars play number 10 USC Syracuse and number 25 Marquette in Milwaukee this weekend. She's Caprio's Grizzly. She's the best. Taylor Sander. Don't call me Taylor Sanders. Ben Patch and Jake Langlois made the USA Volleyball World Championships final roster. The first game set for September 12th against Serbia in Italy. Soccer. Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos scored her first goal of the season for the Chicago Red Stars in the NWSL. A 5-0 win over Sky Blue FC. Today's rise and shout. Jerem goes to BYU. 21 years, stone cold sober. I'll made, drink to that. They made like a special edition milk. We're going to chuck the milk. We're going to have to get that. But I couldn't resist. I drank some during the break when I got it. So here we go. Oh, 21 years of chocolate milk. Sounds amazing. Yes. Cheers to the chocolate milk and stone cold sober of BYU throughout BYU broadcasting and all Who over said campus. said BYU doesn't know how to party? What happened 22 years ago? Rod Gilmore. This why, is for you. Why was, why was BYU not number one 22 years ago? <laughs> Was the man here? 22? No? He wasn't? Okay. Our question of the day. When, if at all, is BYU most likely to be ranked this season? Our elite voice of the day. Twiggy or Stone on Twitter. Two possible spots. If they win the next two, they'll be ranked. If they end up going 10-2 and two or 9-3, and three, I could see them ranked at the end of the season. Wow. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYU. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Russell Holmes, part of this year's BYU Athletic Hall of Fame class. Go Coops! Let's go 2-0, huh? Delicious.